0: Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, episode 66. I'm Rick Bliss, the Game Whisper, and I want to welcome you to the show. Now, before we get to our guest tonight, or this afternoon, or today, whatever time it is that you're listening to my show, I want to say thank you for listening. It's been It's been great. And I've gotten great feedback from some of the listeners. One of the things that we're planning to do is find a way to take each and every episode and transcribe it to text and put it on the web so that you as you listen, if you like what you hear, you're able to go out and actually uh, collect that information from my guest. Because I've had some great guests, whether whether you we're talking about taxes on Kickstarter, manufacturing, printing, distribution, sales, marketing, legal, law, all of those things. Great guests have been on the show to talk about all the different aspects that Kickstarter brings. So those are, that's one of the projects you're going to see, one of the Kickstarter projects. We're also talking about looking at a way to bring together some of the top topics. You know. Um, whenever you're doing a Kickstarter project, there's pre-Kickstarter, Kickstarter, and post-Kickstarter. Pre-Kickstarter is all that work that you do beforehand, getting your f- group together, getting your video made. The Kickstarter itself is when you actually run the campaign. And then there's the post-Kickstarter. And I'd like to do a series around the post-Kickstarter. You're going to see me talking more and more about my guests, about what happens after Kickstarter. And one of the things that you're probably going to see is... I'm looking at creating a forum, an opportunity, a virtual uh, trade show, or even a conference, uh, a couple of conferences, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, to come together to talk about some of these post-production Kickstarter. I've got the money, now what? Okay, that's it for the introduction. I want to say thank you for listening, and now let's go to our guest. My guest this episode has been on the show before. He has had a successful campaign called Rise, and I'd like to welcome back to the show Patrick Nickel. Patrick, thanks for being here.
1: Hey, thanks for having us. I'm sorry that uh, Michael Coe, my business partner, the creator Rise, couldn't join us this evening. Fortunately, he's at his 9 to
0: 5. No, no problem. And uh, just to be clear, you and uh, your um, co-creator are have founded a game called Crash Games. So uh, for those who, who aren't aware, so Crash Games' first successful Kickstarter project and game was Rise. And... You guys were quite successful with that, but it wasn't necessarily a smooth, smooth ride, was it, on that first Kickstarter campaign?
1: No, it wasn't exactly a, a smooth a smooth rise. Yeah, Michael Co., uh, my business partner and I, we did found our company Crash Games, and Rise was our first game on Kickstarter. And we ended uh, just shy of, uh, I think we are just over $18,000 with a 60-day campaign that ended on New Year's Eve.
0: Yeah, New Year's Eve, kind of a tough time, although you kind of, at the time, we think that you, uh, we didn't know what was going to happen, but there seemed to be such an uptick in pledges in December around the holiday season, which I think caught a lot of us by surprise, because we didn't know, did we?
1: No, I thought, you know, for sure, people's dollars would be tied up. We saw, gosh, I think somewhere around a a dollars $2, $2,200 swing in those last couple days.
0: Yeah, big numbers, and then... And then at that time, we thought those were big numbers, right? We thought, uh wow, you know look at all this money that's pouring into Kickstarter, Oh, yeah, look at
1: all these thousands of dollars, ogre,
0: yeah, ogre, <laughs> Zombicide, apocalypse, uh traveler that's out there right now, all of these are just kind of they're cranking it out, so the history
1: got, pages are turned often in Kickstarter, Richard, what's that? The history pages are turned often,
0: yeah, I mean really uh there's there's real-time, internet time, and then there's Kickstarter time. And it is – I mean sometimes it's a matter of weeks things change uh, because just a few months ago Kickstarter had never had a million-dollar project and now they're just – they're happening. There's so many I've lost track. So it happens a lot. So you guys – because in your case you had a 60-day campaign. Halfway through you and I kind of hooked up. Um, We talked about it. You made some drastic adjustments, basically – you didn't relaunch, but you reapproached the campaign as a 30-day campaign and you were able to go out and raise the kind of money and learned a ton. What did you learn from that campaign?
1: Well, you we really learned that, you know, it's it's all a guessing game. There's so many diverse markets within Kickstarter and even within just the board game genre. There's so many different audiences that are looking for different things. And so one of the methods that we wanted to really approach with our current Kickstarter, uh, Legend of the Lost Dutchman, was to perpetually change things up. Not every day, but every couple weeks, throw up some fresh images, change up, you know, the the front page, have a really clear, concise, professional short video, so that we could potentially attract each one of those those small market segments.
0: And uh, and and that was because. You learn what, what did you learn from Rise that kind of made you think that?
1: Well, what we had learned from Rise was that um our thumbnail or our picture maybe wasn't capturing our whole audience. And and this is all speculative, you know, guesswork on my part, because we changed, you know, so many things it would be so difficult to say it was this one. But we changed all of those things, took them in a in a stark, you know, contrasting different uh road and Saw that change lead to us funding.
0: Okay, so you got ready, so you learned that, you got ready for Legend of the Lost Dutchman. What preparations did you make to bring out your second Kickstarter campaign?
1: With Legend of the Lost Dutchman, a lot of work was done ahead of time that we did amidst the campaign for Rise. So with Rise, we were making and sending out demos. Um, while the campaign was going for Legend of the Lost Dutchman, we had had our artists do, you know, almost nearly all of the art. Great guy, Ian Rosenthaler, by the way, he's going to be having a, a Kickstarter come out for a, a zombie art project. It's
0: very cool. Very hush hush. I mean, it'll probably raise it two million dollars if it has zombie. I know <laughs>
1: <laughs> it probably will. But the guy's ridiculously talented. So, you know, we had him do um, all of our art. And we had prototypes sent out to you know half a dozen reviewers before we had even clicked the launch button, so that those could release um, simultaneously with our Kickstarter project. Okay. And we also you know had a bunch of social media talking about it, um, constant pictures of, of game components for the prototype gameplay. You know, we had a much tighter kickstarter page and we really felt that you know this was going to be a much smoother campaign. We sent out press releases um, that were getting picked up by local media and we launched that button and the first couple days were great and then the stark you know reality set in on day 3. So how long
0: did you set the campaign for this time?
1: Well, that was something that we went back and forth for quite a while and Um, Right before we launched, we saw uh, Titans of Industry by Gozer Games um, fund at $30,000, and we knew that that's what we were going to need. So kind of the last minute, we said, okay, well, other people are asking for what they need, and they're getting it. We're going to ask for what we truly need, and we thought, let's go 60 again. Let's give ourselves the most amount of time. We didn't want the project to end and go, gosh, we wish we had had, you know, five or 10 more days.
0: So you went 60 days, you're about halfway into it, yet, (coughs) excuse me, you haven't had the results that you were hoping.
1: No, we're about halfway into it. Um, We're currently at 22% and we have seen a crazy amount of of local press um, and we're just not, I mean, you want the thing to fund the first day. I mean, thirty thousand dollars day one. Great. Now I can, you know, sit back and and not be a complete nervous wreck. Um, but we wanted to the project to be able to fund over the sixty days that it needed to earn uh, five hundred dollars a day. And currently, right now, it's earning about two seventy seven, according to uh, Adam's awesome work over at Kicktrack.
0: Yeah, for those who aren't familiar with Kicktrack, who are listening, Kicktrack. It's k i c k t r a q dot com. Uh, Adam's uh, project there allows you to track a project that you like, keep track of it, and then also tell how many backers per day, how much revenue per day, and then also it has uh, some experimental stuff that I call it the the hurricane cone. It'll <laughs> give you a projection based on trends of analysis of other projects similar to yours of where you're going to end up funding. Uh, it's not the first number you see at the top, the trending number. That's just that's just kind of a he's getting rid of that, but it's an So in your case, if we go look at KickTrack right now and look at this experimental cone, it says that the current rate that you're going, you're gonna end up somewhere between 10 and $15,000 total on your project. That's what his hurricane cone says.
1: Yeah, that's what his uh, little little homage to I think uh, the net with Sander Bullock, the little pie symbol in the bottom left hand corner. I forgot to ask him if that's what it what it was supposed to be when I met up with him at uh, Origins. And Adam is just a great guy. I can't imagine the amount of work he puts into this site.
0: He does. He puts a lot of work into. It. So the the but the question is, Patrick, is that. He's collected a tremendous amount of data, uh, two, 3,000 different projects. He's tracking that data. He's projecting these numbers based on, um, okay, so past historical performance does not guarantee future uh, you know, revenue. But it, mm-hmm. the indications are here that your project is, is, is tracking to, if you're lucky, fund at 50% when you get done.
1: Yeah, he currently has it uh, trending at fifty six percent. But you know, as my wife, the uh, mathematician, tells me, trends are just that, trends. If all of a sudden I wake up tomorrow and we start funding at a thousand dollars a day, uh, those trends change quite a bit. On the first day and the second day, uh, according to KickTrack, we were trending towards, I believe, one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Yeah, true. I slept good that night. Yeah, I um. bet.
0: Well, now no, there's his, <laughs> his there's his trending number, which is just taking what you have and that's an average. But then there's the the experimental projection cone isn't based on trends, but it's pre- based on, from my understanding, it's based on data from other projects in a similar situation at a similar time with similar funding. Sure. And, and that and that one, because um, he's he's your trending says you're going to finish just around seventeen thousand, but his. Projection cone says that you're going to come in between 10 and 15, which is a pretty accurate number. Um, just a you know as a side note, he used this to project how much revenue and how many backers Pebble was going to get uh, the 10 million dollar successful project, and he was probably the most accurate and was close enough that a uh, that he got recognition from some analysts who had wanted to know what his projections were, and, and he nailed it pretty close. So. So my question is
1: the system, Richard, we're going to do it.
0: Okay. So I'm going to ask you, all right, I appreciate the positive attitude here, but has the thought come to you that, Hey, you know what? Retool this thing, pull it out, try to start over and try again.
1: You know, that seems to be, it seems to be the trend going on on Kickstarter right now. The, you know, let's shut this down and let's, let's redo it. And I could do that for the sake of doing it, but number one, things really aren't going to change. Michael Coe uh, and I have done our absolute best to put us in the best position that we can. There's no better time to fund this project than now. We're busting our humps every single day uh, to make things happen and to get awareness brought you know, to this project. We're out pounding the pavement uh, in our local community where this is a, a local, thing and getting more awareness and and more recognition i mean tomorrow uh, we have a meeting with the the president of the chamber of commerce you know we have all sorts of things set up to make this happen and i don't care how much math you want to put behind something never count a man when he's down especially one that's as motivated as michael and i are
0: okay all right so uh I'm going
1: to jump through this microphone and shake you up, Richard.
0: (laughs) Well, I appreciate, like I said, I appreciate your enthusiasm um, because that has a lot to do maintaining that uh, positive attitude and and getting it going.
1: Well, the enthusiasm, you know, if I don't, if I can just jump in for a moment, doesn't just come from me wanting the project to fund Uh, the enthusiasm for this game comes through our experience in with playing it with people. We had a very, very great experience at Origins. The first night we were there, uh, we played it with a, a group of, you know, hardcore gamers, uh, including, including rather Brian Lewis, the creator of Titans of Industry, and some of his friends. They had a phenomenal time. Uh, there's actually a picture up on our Board Game Geek page with them playing. But we also had a chance uh, to play with a couple kids. And, and this moment alone gives me the motivation to get this project to fund. Two kids by the name of Gabe and George – uh, were there at Origins on a day pass, and they had um, brought their allowance to save up, and they were saving up for some Legos. They were going to buy some Legos with that money. And they came over. We had literally the best game of, of Legend of the Lost Dutchman that we'd ever played, and you know they'd gone off to experience more at the convention. And they had come back about an hour later, and the dad kind of pulled me over to the side and said, you know, I want to let you know. Uh, that my son Gabe is is taking his money that he'd been saving for Legos, and we're going to back your game. And I struggled to maintain composure in the booth right there. I wanted to you know, break down and cry because it was so touching to me that a a nine-year-old kid who's all about instant gratification and that immediate payoff was willing to back our project because he had enjoyed the game that much and wait that long for something that's not even guaranteed to make it.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Very cool. Well, that's pretty cool. Now, because you've been out there, you've gotten good coverage. You've talked to a lot of different people. Uh, so, Patrick, what's happening?
1: I'm not sure. You know, Kickstarter is is such an interesting beast, and. There's so much information out there, and you could literally drive yourself crazy, you know, readjusting and adjusting based on these little pockets of info. For example, uh, one of the new statistics that Kickstarter started sharing um, after we launched was one day I went into the dashboard and I saw the project video plays button. And it lets you know how many people have watched your video, and it lets you know how many let it finish And I find that to be really interesting because that was one of the aspects that we feel we really nailed for this project. Uh, We hired a a professional by the name of Jim Miller. He's with the uh, Geek Associated Press, uh, New Mutiny Media, phenomenal, phenomenal guy, excellent equipment, excellent quality. And our video came out better than I could have dreamed of. So we've had, you know, just under 1,100 views of our video yet only 52% have finished. Our video's 2 minutes and 14 seconds and yet only half of the people have finished the video. So, you know, I'd like to, you know, think that we could make adjustments based off that, but you know, we can't.
0: Well, it is a cool video. You really uh you put a lot of effort into it and uh it- It looks pretty cool. The old time, the sepia look to it, the uh, old film. um, That is pretty cool. And you would think that that would have an impact.
1: Yeah, and we had worked really hard in that two minutes. You know, they're going to get a little bit of drama and backstory on the local legend. So they don't need to feel left out of the loop. They are going to get some gameplay. They're going to get some entertainment. And then Michael and I are, are there at the end asking for people's help. All within, you know, 135 seconds.
0: Yeah. Do you have any idea when, uh, does it tell you when people dropped off?
1: No, that would be extremely helpful if it would give me like an average of, okay, well, you know, most people dropped off at this point. Right, right. Um, because then that could tell me, Hey, maybe if they're seeing the dramatic part and then that's not, you know, itching their scratch or something along those lines, then I would know, Hey, okay, well, let's cut that out.
0: Right. But, right. Well, the good news is at least they're telling you how many, that's quite a few. Uh, 1100 views
1: yeah that's that's quite a bit and you know that's what has us you know encouraged is that maybe some of these people you know are our fence riders and that's okay because we're asking for a lot of money and i know that the psychology of of the kickstarter backers could be something along the lines of you know i want to make this but i don't think they're going to make it so i'm not i'm not ready to jump in quite yet
0: Sure. Well, here's hoping. Here's hoping that your enthusiasm and positive attitude gets you through, and uh, if not, that, you, uh, that if it doesn't make it, that you find a way to come back and maybe uh, retool it, find a different approach, and you find some success. We're just, we're just about out of time, so I want to appreciate you, uh, you being on the show with us.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And for some reason, you know, at the end of Lost Dutchman, whatever comes what may, we're gearing up for a release of a game called Pater by Tori Neiman, the creator of Alien Frontiers. It is a phenomenal game. People should be very excited about that. We are.
0: Well, that sounds cool. So if people want to find Legend of the Lost Dutchman, you go out to Kickstarter, you type in Legend of the Lost Dutchman. It's by... Crash Games. Uh, Right now they're sitting at about 22% trying to get to that magic 30% to uh, kind of propel them to the end. They're about halfway. So if you get a chance... Yep, we're at
1: about 24. I looked at it wrong. And also people can go to crashgamesaz.com. The button right on the top of the page will take you to our Kickstarter page.
0: Patrick, thank you very much for uh, being on the show.
1: Thank you, Richard. Have a great night.
0: You too. You've been listening to uh, funding the Dream on Kickstarter, our guest has been Patrick Nickel, who is the, one of the co-founders of Crash Games. And the project has been Legend of the Lost Dutchman. And in this case, lessons learned and lessons still being learned. And so we appreciate Patrick being on the show. Hopefully you've heard something that has been inspiring and that you'll go out and fund your own dream. We certainly look for it. Thank you for listening. Take care.